This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Feels. Shipped to your doorstep in only a few days, Feels CBD is the natural, healthy, better way to feel better. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash no meat. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash no meat. And you'll get 58% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. This episode is also brought to you by Spartan's Golden Gate Classic Trail Races with distances from 10K to 100K. And big news, with the help of a partnership with No Meat Athlete, the Golden Gate Classic will be a 100% plant-based event with all plant-based foods at aid stations and race festivities. Learn more about the trail races at GoldenGateTrailClassic.com. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. You did it. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> you know that song? I, I don't. I know what you're referring to for me, but I don't know the song. What, what is that? <laughs> That's uh, Dora the Explorer. When they like oh achieve their like thing, they're like, you did it. You did ah, it. Okay. Yay. You know what I Actually, thought? Actually, I think it's We Did It. But I saw, I've never seen an episode of Dora the Explorer. But what? I have seen the movie of Dora the Explorer. I went to see that at my favorite place to watch a movie, Asheville Brewing Company uh-huh. Movie Theater. I uh, saw it with my daughter. And it was, you know, that was actually funny because they kind of made fun of the, sh- like they would, it was real actors, but now and then they would like ironically break into the Dora songs. Uh, but it was like, you know, teenage or, or, or tween uh-huh. actors. So it was kind of funny. Yeah. You, you well, I, haven't, I have not seen the movie, but uh, Eliza does, or I guess she doesn't really watch it anymore, but she, she went through a Dora phase for sure. And now every time, uh, <laughs> every time she accomplishes something, I, I break out in that <laughs> song. You did it. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> it has uh, Spanish words in it, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, they yeah. mix in yeah English and Spanish. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. Well, Very you nice. did it, Matt. You I launched the book. Oh, I thought you were talking about the twenty-two radio interviews yesterday. Well, you did that too. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was that was literally my nightmare that happened on that day for eight hours in a row. So this was yesterday. Uh, you, I don't I don't really know any of the de- of the details. I just know that you had twenty-two radio interviews. Tell me yes. what that was like. <laughs> It actually, it wasn't as bad as it sounded. It was, it was my nightmare ahead of it, but then we did it, and it was fine. Uh, you know, they were all prearranged. We had a producer who was, like, someone in New York who doesn't work for the publisher, but I think it's, like, independent company. I don't know. And she was, like, our switchboard person, and she just plugged us in, and we, we she stayed on the line with us the whole day. Uh, wow. So we just sort of sat there, and, like, one interview would end, and then she'd say, and we're clear. And then she'd be, like, ready for the next one? And then we'd just jump right into the next. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So talk about a nightmare, man. She must had to listen to you answer the exact same question for like six hours. <laughs> I know. I wondered if she really was listening to that or if she just like sets a little timer for when the interview's mm. supposed to end. Um <laughs> Yeah, and so like some of some of them were thirty minutes that were more like podcasts, some of them were uh ten minutes, a few were like six minutes. Some most of them were me and Robert both, a uh, few were me individually or him individually. Uh yeah, it was just a crazy day. It was cool. But you know, it was like the first couple were awkward because we'd been we'd been used to these like longer form podcasts where people actually talk and they're you know well informed about the subject because it's it's their topic too. Uh, the radio people were just you know radio show hosts who talk about all kinds of topics all the time, uh, so it was like faster moving with like quick sound bites. They didn't want long answers mm-hmm. and totally different questions than what we were used to. So the first few just kind of felt like awkward and strange, but then. I'd say by like, we started at, at I think 8 a.m. By, by 
11 a.m. or something. It was like it was just really smooth and it was just really easy to do them. And we we had basically memorized who was answering what and what we were saying, and it, it got really easy. So yeah, it was fun. And then once we once we hit like one o'clock, it felt like we were at the home stretch, even though we still had three more hours. But it seemed like we were <laughs> getting there. It's like so, a, like an ultra, you know, where you like it kind of was like that. Like yeah. like in the beginning, like in the first like I don't know when we were 30 percent done. It, you just couldn't even think about how many were left because it mm-hmm. seemed like you had kind of done a lot already and, and you had so many left, which was exactly like an ultra marathon. Uh, so, yeah, it was fun. It was, it was kind of neat to be able to do that. Yeah, well, that's an experience I'm sure you, you won't forget. Um, right. And, and that kind of, uh, you know, we're not going to jump right into the episode quite yet, I don't think, but that, that sets up the episode pretty well because they were asking questions that maybe you hadn't been asked before. And part of what we're going to be talking about is the different types of questions since our last interview with you and Robert uh, that you've gotten and kind of the things, the, the conversations that you've had about around the book since then. Yes. Uh, and particularly like with the subject, cause this has been the, honestly, the great learning for me of this is a better understanding of how good or not good the plant-based diet is for athletes. And the answer is good, <laughs> but coming into this, like I just still had in the back of my mind, this, I don't know. Like I knew the endurance side worked. I had personal experience with that, and I had read plenty of books from people uh, who who had you know incredible results from that. So like mm-hmm. I didn't have any any doubts really with that. But with the strength stuff and the you know they think of powerlifting athletes. I had heard of Olympic powerlifters who were plant based, um, yeah, bodybuilders obviously, uh, strong men, strong women, uh, and and people in pro sports right. Novak Djokovic, uh, Serena Williams, a lot of these people who do kind of comeback stories with a plant based diet, and others who who are that from the beginning or, or from, you know, early on in their careers. Mm-hmm. And so I knew about those. It just somehow there was still this lingering doubt because it just, it just, you know, the way most of us were raised, it just doesn't seem right that you could eat just plants and be really strong or really quick. Uh, you know, it's just as much as like, that's all we talk about all the time. There's still this thing that's always been like, I don't know. I don't, I haven't had a personal experience with that. So I, I just don't know. Um, but Doing all these interviews forced me more to to you know be prepared to understand some of the science. Uh, Robert, who's extremely well versed in these things, uh, I've heard him answer these questions over and over because often he's the one who would take these topics, and and often like he he's the one who's more familiar with the specific athletes. But right. so I had read them, and and in the writing of the book, I got familiar with them. But hearing him talk about their stories and different bits of them here and there that I didn't know before, uh, it just given me a little bit broader perspective about all this. And you know, and we were on the Rich Roll podcast. We talked about what's I don't know what what's the real goal here. Like, are we trying to say that a plant based athlete is is better than a non plant based athlete at their sport, uh, all else equal, or are we just trying to say it's it's adequate and it's and it's worthy of consideration? So anyway, I think that's that's what's kind of interesting. And I think that's mostly what we'll talk about today. But there are a few other things that have come up. Um, repeatedly that I think are, are worth talking about. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so anyway, well, but we didn't really talk about the launch itself, and we the book came out on Tuesday. This is our well, first... Well, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before, okay. we, before we move away from the radio thing, I got I to gotta ask oh, yeah. one, okay. one more thing. <laughs> okay. Were these like NPR-style interviews, or were they like... The, the where the radio host had like a like a horn sound and like a fart sound and that kind of thing that <laughs> they, <made> like, <laughs> like a crazy Ira and the douche yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> what kind of, what kind of interviews were these <laughs> uh it was a little bit of all of those or both of those really okay uh, yeah there were some where there'd be like callers who were calling in uh oh wow and, you had like call answer questions yeah from which callers? We, didn't, we didn't expect that at all uh 
and that was sort of a, a young DJ. It was just, that was a sort of like a more energetic show. Um, some definitely just felt more like AM radio interviews. Uh, cause mm-hmm. some of these were AM radio, uh, some were serious, serious XM. And those, that was cool. Cause there was a live one that my wife got to list. She was in Nashville. But my wife and daughter got to oh, turn that on because she happens uh, to have cool. a three month serious trial right now in her car. Uh, mm-hmm. so, uh, so that was kind of neat, but like some of them were kind of younger, um, I don't know, upbeat sports talk guys who wanted to talk more about mainstream sports athletes, uh, yeah. and, and just kind of, you know, kept it moving fast and others were slower, more about, you know, more about health. So one guy was even like a, uh, ethical environmental kind of show. Hmm. I think it was AM radio in New York. I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, it was, it was just all different types of things. It was, it was fun, but you know what we, like Robert and I were on Skype together so we could see each other the whole time with the volumes down and there were many times when we'd laugh especially in the intros because there's that just that classic like radio voice and style of talking <laughs> and it's a skill people were good at it and right. and people would give these like these little intros these snappy ways of of leading up to the interview uh like you know uh i don't know um like we've all been told that the only way to have a success in an athlete in a athletic career is lots of protein and plenty of something but today's guests are this it was just like i couldn't tell if it was scripted or if they were just that good that they just wing stuff like this <laughs> <laughs> but many times we would laugh at like the phrases the radio people would use because uh, it just it just you know it, it like if you like a cliche or like a, a caricature of radio it was a lot of them were just that yeah so it was yeah. cool. but it's funny I have, I have appreciation for that i like that stuff i I'm, i've always been a not always but have at different times in my life been a big talk radio fan uh-huh. So I I like it. I that's that's awesome. That's really cool. I I hope that there's a way that we can somehow listen to something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How to... Yeah. Well, be... some of them said they'd be sending us links for some of the pre-recorded ones. I don't know which, okay. which link we can go, but. Well, I'm I'm like totally kicking myself though because I had this whole thing I was gonna try to get you to do. Um, <laughs> back in my TikTok days, you like know, a, a couple months Bowie? ago. What's a Baba Booey? Like a you know Howard Stern guys, uh, the fans of that, they all yell Baba Booey out of oh. event. I think you would be like drop a Doug Hayes like sound on these all these different radio shows. Or yeah. Well, <laughs> back, so there's this famous guy on TikTok. I, I, I don't have no clue what his name is anymore, but uh, for some reason he would show up when I was endlessly scrolling TikTok a couple months ago, um, and uh, and his whole thing, he's like a famous radio host guy, and and he. Like you, you send him a word and he like uh, drops it into a, a conversation. <laughs> and uh, I was going to try to get you to do that, but I totally <laughs> forgot. <laughs> I totally forgot. It's like uh, Super Troopers, right? Where they, where they say meow, they put meow into Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would have been good. I probably uh-huh. wouldn't have done it, but. <laughs> I bet Robert would have done it. Yeah, Robert would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, uh, any, yeah, so the big. The big radio day was yesterday, um, but really two days ago, right? I guess. Yep. Uh, was yeah, the book Tuesday. release day? Tuesday was the book release day. Congratulations! Tell us about the book. Thank you. Yeah, and Monday was the ritual podcast release day. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, I cannot believe that book. You just said that was two days ago. I cannot believe that was the day before yesterday that the book came out because <laughs> that seems like it was two weeks ago to me. Uh, uh-huh. I, like I, I've this is the most I've just work i just wake up and i start working and i start thinking about this and then i literally do that until i go to bed uh my mom has been here helping us and like i, I just didn't talk to my son yesterday I and mean, i just 
just did my own thing and he mm-hmm. did his stuff and he, he watched a billion tv shows i'm sure uh, <laughs> but uh it's just i don't know i'm just and, and i can't see if i wake up early after going to bed late because i just as soon as i'm start to wake up i start thinking about this and then i check the amazon ranking and then i'm then i'm up so anyway <laughs> I'm, I'm running on fumes like i i often i get coffee in the morning always and i always view that as like i feel like i'm, I'm pretty good at being energetic and you know watch my health habits and things so like it's uh, coffee is sort of this additive thing that is not a necessary i just like it but today absolutely like i just i just i would not be awake right now if i didn't drink a huge cup of coffee <laughs> but anyway it, that's what it's all about it's fun it really is fun it's a privilege and it's cool and it's exciting that this book is seeing the success that it is um because hundreds maybe thousands of people are sharing the photo on online i've seen definitely have seen over 100 and i don't maybe many more than that uh of people just putting up pictures of their book and or themselves in the bookstore with the book and writing about it and it's, the feedback has been really really amazing so far uh so very cool and, and the ritual episode very well received a lot of people have told me that they love the episode i actually listened to it all myself and thought it was pretty good myself mm-hmm. uh and i have a funny story about that but <laughs> yeah. you, can, you can finish your thoughts <laughs> okay. uh yeah so it's just been a whirlwind week but right now as we're talking the the book is number one in amazon's nutrition category which is a big deal for me because that's that's all nutrition includes you know every other type of diet as well Mm -hmm. and i i mean what a what a world we live in where a plant-based fitness book can be the number one nutrition book uh on a site like amazon that that to me is uh, a sign of success it means we've done something good uh because the goal with these things is for me really like the biggest goal i'm going to help plant-based people but the ultimate goal of, of that is to help this diet become more mainstream and help, help people who aren't plant-based learn about it, either because mm-hmm. they see such good examples of plant-based people who have been helped by the book or because they see the book in a store or wherever. So that's, that itself is, is very, very rewarding. And, you know, the numbers we're seeing are, are in the realm of what it would take to get on a big bestseller list, like a, you know, Wall Street Journal or New York Times or USA Today, uh, New York Times being obviously the, the, big, of, the big one of those. And if that were to happen, you know, it would just like when you get on that kind of list. I think your your sales in your second week are are bigger than the first, and mm. and that that doesn't happen if you don't get on one of those. Then because everything's about the the lead up in the first week and all that. So it, you know, a book can kind of it gets just sort of vaulted to a new level if you get on that list. Um, but I th- you know we're I think we're not far from that. I, it's it's hard. There's so many unpredictable things that go into it. So who knows? Um, but you know, and we'll talk a little bit about a little special offer thing we have. But if if you if you've if you're into our stuff and you haven't ordered the book yet or gone out to a store and gotten it, uh, please consider doing that. It really is a very, very important thing for me, this book, and uh, and I, I would absolutely appreciate the support. But more than that, I think you'll get something out of it. Uh, and, and once you're done with it, you can share it with someone else. So uh, anyway, I just hope you'll consider that. Uh, it's at book.nomedathlete.com or, like I said, now it's in store, so you can go out and, and grab it somewhere. Perfect Father's Day gift. It would be because you can go actually get it. And and I was just mm-hmm. thinking like this year in particular, I was thinking, I was like, why is it such a good gift just because you can go get it? And I realized like if I'm buying a gift for someone now, like I'm no matter what, I'm getting it online because right. you can't like, I, I know there are nice little, you know, unique shops around, but, <laughs> but like if I'm thinking of a unique gift for someone, like the chances of it being somewhere that I can go get it mm-hmm. these days is, is none because it's just anything that's like really unique is is that some specialized niche website that of course there's not a store for that so you know if you have a great store near you that has lots of good gifts wonderful go to that store uh but i think it's cool that you can actually go to a bookstore and reliably 
find a good gift like this one. <laughs> I, I want to also just encourage everybody to shop local because there are some really cool things at your local store. Yeah, I'm not saying don't shop. I'm just saying a gift, if you're trying to get a gift for someone and you come up with the perfect gift for this one person, which is very hard to do. Uh, uh-huh. Yep. Okay. I, I get you. You know what I mean? It's just, it just, that's the way the world is now. It's like there's all these different niches and online kind of, right. you know. Uh, obviously i'm not saying like i said it's great if you can go shop around and find a good store and find it because then you can find really unique gifts uh-huh anyway. and you know your book is in well it's probably not in every bookstore but it's in lots and lots of bookstores certainly yeah. all the barnes and nobles and that kind of stuff and probably a lot of boutique bookstores too so yep all the barnes and, nobles and, and many independent so you can always call if you have an independent store area that you want to go to mm-hmm. make sure they have it. all right so i, I want to just uh real quick anecdote or a little story about the ritual podcast um, I was listening to it mm-hmm. yesterday or the other day. It's like two and a half hours long, right? Yep. So it takes a while. I listened to it on two different runs uh, mm-hmm. to get through it. And you, uh, you had mentioned after you recorded that um, that that he he mentioned me. And so of course, you know, my ego is like yeah, playing because right. you know I'm human. And I was like, oh, I wonder, wonder what he said. I wonder if he mentioned it. And then you told me later that you were like, I think it's in the episode, but I'm not sure. So then I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, all right. So I'm listening to it and I'm listening to it. And, you know, I'm like hour and a half in, hour and 45 <laughs> yeah, minutes in. It. Hasn't happened. I'm like, okay, I guess it's not in there. Two hours in. Okay, I guess it's not in there. Two hours and 25 minutes in there with like with like two minutes left to go. <laughs> and, uh, and literally the last part of the conversation, the last part of a two and a half hour conversation, he's like, he mentions me and, and the podcast, really. I mean, it's not, it's not anything about me. It's just about the podcast. Um, but he <laughs> but I he did, said your name, right? He asked if you still yeah, yeah. host the podcast. Yeah, yeah. He, he, I mean, he, he totally said my name. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to inflate it as if like he was like, <laughs> okay. talking about me, right? right? But, uh, but it, <laughs> it was literally the last thing that he said. <laughs> 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 so two and a half hours of me sitting around waiting for my name to be dropped, <laughs> and it's the last thing he said. <laughs> That's funny. I actually, I didn't. When I told you that he said that, it, it did not occur to me that that was that late in the episode. Mm-hmm. But I guess you're right because he mentioned that. This is also. This was kind of, I, I don't know, when, like, because Rich, he mentioned that our show, that he listened, he had listened to the episode before that, that we had just recorded and put up, uh-huh. and I was embarrassed, because I was like, oh my God, like, we just come on here and goof around, <laughs> I, mean, it, it, I don't know, so I was like, oh my God, what, like, what did we say in that episode? Uh, not, not that we ever say anything bad about Rich Roll, of course, we, we have great appreciation for what he does, but... I just wondered what kind of stupid jokes or whatever we said about something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I, he he seemed like he had listened to it either either because he does or because he was doing his research. Uh, he mentioned reading Robert's email newsletter as well. Which <laughs> yeah. That was funny, uh, just because he I, I think he I think he was referring when he kind of chuckled about how how long it was or just this yeah, Robert's yeah. way of, of you know his excite just wearing his excitement on his sleeve when he writes things. Uh-huh. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so anyway, all all really great experience, and and obviously been been super helpful for the book to have mm-hmm. to have that come out right then right now. All right, so let's get into the the, the heat of the conversation here. But uh, first, why don't you? Well, first we should probably thank our sponsor since we're already twenty minutes into this episode. Um, but also, uh, we we have a really cool giveaway that you're about to announce. So why don't we go ahead and talk about that too? Or do you want to hold, hold that for the end? No, let's do that now because you know people don't always make it to the end. Um, so yeah, so really quickly, book giveaway. What, what we're doing is, if you go, if you, I ask you to please like consider getting it. And and our deadline for this, all these bestseller list considerations, is Saturday the nineteenth. So before the end of the day on Saturday the nineteenth, I am asking you please consider getting a copy of the Plant Based Athlete if you have not yet. Uh, you can get it at any store. 
for the most part. Um, not all. If it's a small independent, you might want to call them, but many of them do have it. Um, of course, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Books A Million, Bookshop, IndieBound. I mean, go to any of these places and you'll be able to get the book. Um, so, but do that. When you do that, forward your receipt to book at nomedathlete.com. That is book at nomedathlete.com. And when you do, you'll automatically get uh, you know, entered into this contest. Uh, you'll get a, a form you have to fill out, but it's simple and, and it's short. Uh, that'll get you into this contest where you can win a whole bunch of prizes that Robert and I put together, um, which are you know include things like a, a $500 Vitamix, a year supply of complement protein, um, a year supply of Beyond Meat, uh, and then a bunch of virtual things that you can't buy, uh, like you know v- uh, virtual dinner with me and Robert, uh, uh, consultation with me and Robert for an hour, just me and him and you, uh, a lot of things like that. And you'll get entered into this. You can find details at book.nomedathic.com. Uh, but you'll get into that, enter into that, and you'll get automatically a, a pack of coupons if you're in the U.S. Um, that that include at least $25 worth of Beyond Meat value in it already, plus a bunch of other ones, another $25 worth of vegan coupons. And these are good coupons. These are not like save 35 cents. They're like actual dollar, two dollars off, free products. Buy one get one. They're all good ones. Um, and so the hope was that like, if you wanted to enter into this contest, you can you can buy the book or another copy of the book, and that these con- if if you're going to spend twenty five dollars on Beyond Meat in the next year or in the next six months because these expire at the end of the year, then uh, it, it's kind of like you're able to enter this thing for free because you'll save that much on the foods that you would be buying anyway, and you get a free book and you get uh, entered into all this cool stuff. So do that, and and you'll get all that. But Doug, we have a special thing we're doing that you have been nice enough to offer uh, just for podcast listeners. We're going to give away three spots for you and a guest. So three people will win this, and each can bring a guest um, to just a little private virtual uh, dinner with me, you, Doug, and Robert. That's right. Right? Yes. Yeah, we're all going to hang, hang out, have dinner. And we'll buy you dinner. And we'll buy you. We'll buy you dinner. That's yes, right. We will, we, will, we will Venmo you or PayPal you uh, or even order on Uber Eats for you if you want uh, the thing that you want so that you don't have to cook. You just get your food, hang out with us for the evening. And we'd have a good time. And if you're in Asheville or near the Asheville area, you are welcome to get yourself to Asheville and come, and we'll go do it in person. That's totally fine, too. Uh, but we're not going to fly you there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> if you can get yourself here and put yourself up for the night, then uh, then we'll hang out in person, live, in person. Yeah, but otherwise, it yeah, it would be really fun. But uh, otherwise, you know, Zoom is the next best thing. We've all gotten used to it now. And, uh, yeah, it would be really fun. So this is just for podcast listeners and there's a special way to sign up which is what nomeathic.com slash podcast dash book dash contest contest podcast book dash podcast dash book dash contest and that's the form you can fill out if you've purchased the book we will be verifying uh separately everything but you know you'll just put in your information there and we will randomly uh, do like a number generator type thing and pick three special winners and their guests to hang out. Yeah, exactly. And we'll we'll announce their first names of these on this podcast so people know we actually picked. I guess we could fake that, but we'll <laughs> still do it. Um, yeah, and so like this is actually, I think, I mean, if, if that's valuable to you, and I hope it is, uh, it's a good opportunity because like our podcast listeners, we were just talking about this. They're like, I think they're our most engaged audience as far as people who really care and like at, at events if we're ever at those things 
people come up the ones who are podcast listeners are the ones who are like the the biggest fans the most excited about everything just the most into everything uh but surprisingly they also they never do anything they never take any action when we tell them to do things (laughs) (laughs) which is not through podcast links anyway we have so much trouble tracking that stuff yeah so yeah so even though we have like I, i mean there are a whole lot of people who listen to this podcast passionately uh, the number I suspect who actually do this, I, I bet it's I bet it's a few hundred, maybe less. So, you know, you've got you've got a decent shot of winning here. I don't I don't know mm-hmm. what it is, but but it's it's not nothing for sure. Um, so anyway, I hope I hope to some people that is a motivator. Um, but if it's not, then I hope I hope just generally wanting to support what we do uh, is a bigger motivator. And uh, again, I'd really appreciate it. This is like the the crunch time for us. This is when when. It's, it's like make or break. We, we this this book may have a chance of becoming something much much bigger than than you know anybody anticipated, and we're we're right on the cusp of that. So if if you would help us out, uh, I would really appreciate it. And I hope those two different offers. Remember, you you go to just forward your receipt to book at nomadathlete.com. That gives you the the thing for everybody. And then also go to to nomadathlete.com slash book no nomadathlete.com slash podcast dash book dash contest. That's right. Good. And I'm gonna, we have not spoken about this, but you know we're on a roll here. I mean, this this feels like talk radio where we're just like, yeah. <laughs> like just coming up with uh, things to pitch. But um, I, we have not spoken about this. But I'm gonna go ahead and say that if we if the book hits uh, the New York Times bestseller list, then we're gonna do another special thing just to celebrate and pick some other random winners. Yeah, if they help definitely. us. If they help us get there, we're gonna do something special. That's a good idea. We should definitely do that. Like, like Doug runs around naked or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got to run around the house. Yeah, you know, give away, give away uh, slots to my OnlyFans account, or tattoo on your butt like uh, Andy Bernard. <laughs> yeah, right, big tattoo. Wait, how come your book is successful <laughs> and I have to get the tattoo, or I have to run around naked? And and to be clear, I don't have an OnlyFans account. <laughs> For everyone who's Googling there. Um, and <laughs> I don't know what just happened here, but uh, anyway. All right. Well, let's, All right. Get, let's get to this very serious topic now. Of plant-based okay. nutrition and its, and its importance in the broader sports community. Absolutely. But first, I, I do want to take a second to thank our, our sponsors who have so generously sponsored this episode and, uh, and support this podcast. This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Feels. CBD isn't about what you feel. It's about what you don't feel. Stress, anxiety, pain. Feels is a premium CBD that will help you keep your head clear and feel your best. It's hassle-free, delivered directly to your door, and it tastes like really good quality CBD. CBD naturally helps reduce stress, stress, not stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. Man, I'm just stumbling all over the place. There's no hangover or addiction. Matt, you know I'm a big fan of CBD. Take it about every night. Mm -hmm. Um, And Feels is about as, I mean, it is as quality as you can get. I love the way that they, uh, everything from their packaging to to the quality of the CBD itself. Place a few droplets under your tongue and you'll feel the difference within minutes. The thing to remember about CBD is that Finding your right dose is important, and everyone is different. And Feels does this really cool thing where they have this free CBD hotline to help you guide your to help guide your personal experience, so that you find the perfect dose for you. And you can ask them any questions you have about, you know, how it'll make you feel or whatever. It's a good, really great resource if you're new to CBD. The Feels customer service team is dedicated to making sure you get the best use of your CBD. Joining the Feels monthly membership makes you makes your self-care easy and you'll save money on every order 
and you can pause or cancel at any time. Start feeling better with Feels. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash no meat, and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash no meat to get a to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping, feels.com slash no meat. Matt, we also have some really big, exciting news today. Here we go. Here we go. This is the first place we're announcing it. I guess you kind of heard it in the pre-roll, but we're announcing a brand new partnership with Spartan Trail Series, where we're helping their new Golden Gate Classic trail race in San Francisco go 100% plant-based. And it's like we're, it's almost like we're legit. I know. It is. <laughs> the Golden Gate Classic will be held on November 20th and 21st and is part of the Spartan Trail World Championship, a big weekend-long trail and ultramarathon event with races for everyone, with the 10K, half marathon, 50K, and 100K races. Starting in San Francisco, you'll travel across the Golden Gate Bridge at sunrise and venture into the fabled Marin Headlands, where spellbinding panoramas of the mountains and sea await. Spellbinding panoramas. Panoramas. Who wrote, who wrote that? <laughs> that was that was from their website. I didn't write that. <laughs> okay. I don't think spellbinding's ever a word I've used before, but I like it. It gives you a good picture. And you know what? I have spent time running in the Marin Headlands. Uh-huh. Uh, every time I go up to run Sid's race up in the Mendocino Coast area, I visit a friend who lives in San Francisco who's a big trail runner, and he's taken me out there, and it is freaking gorgeous. It is so cool, these like rolling hills and mountains. I mean, it's, it's just a an incredible, uh, incredible place to run. So. Hmm. This course uh, is one that you will not want to miss. I ran uh, with the Marin, like the Marin running group one time. But oh. I, don't, I don't think we went to the Headlands. We just rode, we ran. It was like the Marin County, maybe. Uh, we just ran around the the roads. But oh, it okay. was near, near the Golden Gate Bridge, though. Yeah. Very, well, it's, very nice. it is so beautiful out there. Yeah, I do like it out there. And you know, here is the big part. This is the really exciting thing. We're helping them go 100% plant based for this race. Aid stations. The post-race food vendors, it'll all be plant-based with Nomad Athlete leading the charge in the decisions around what foods to feature at all those things. So we're on the hook then. (laughs) We are on the hook. So if the aid stations are terrible, then uh, (laughs) I guess you got to blame us. I can't say you (laughs) can't. We're even providing uh, Plant Bites, right? Our our new real food performance fuel. Uh, It'll be available all over the course. And maybe at post-race, you know, you want to refuel with it and take some home with you. There's some good stuff there. That would be really cool. Uh, I'm going to be there, by the way, Doug. Are you going to be there? I hope so. Okay. Well, I know I have I have confirmed that uh, I and my wife will both be there. Aaron, we're going to be running. I don't know what distance is yet. Maybe half marathon seems pretty likely to me. Um, Great. Awesome. Yeah. I, I'm trying to convince Aaron to do a 50K because she's never done an ultra or I mean, she's done marathons, never an ultra, um, but she's in shape to do it with that. You know, she just did that whole, uh, she's still doing her running streak and she, she crossed the year mark, which is amazing. Uh Wow. So anyway, she I, she could totally do it. I mean, it would take some training, but she could. So anyway, I'm trying to convince her, and may even get the kids to do the 10k. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'm 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 going for the 50k. That's that's my plan. Good, good for you. Mm-hmm. If you've ever run a trail race, you know the challenges of not knowing what vegan foods will be available at the aid stations. And that is really true because it's it's hard to it's not it's not that they won't be there. It's the not knowing because you can't plan on it. And then exactly, yeah. That's, and you got to plan your nutrition. It's such a huge part of it. Uh, or when you finish, and I've definitely had this happen before, where you finish and then then you're you know there's nothing there. There's pizza, some sort of food truck that has pizza, and you literally have no food to eat after the race, uh, and that's the worst. Uh, so anyway. 
that's that you don't have to do that at the golden Gate classic you do not have to worry about that whatsoever because this race is 100 percent plant-based it's an incredible opportunity for us to show up and gather as a community like i said i'll be there family will be there uh, and many people of the nomad athlete team will be there and to show all the other non-plant-based runners what's possible on plants which is what we're talking about in our episode today we are thrilled to be working with spartan on this event and can't wait to show you guys the best darn aid stations ever to learn more and register Dar- best that? darn aid stations. You I did that write one? that. Yeah, yeah. You, say, you should say best dang. You would say the best dang aid stations ever. The best dang aid stations That would have given you away, but you disguised it well. <laughs> to learn more and register, go to goldengatetrailclassic.com. We hope to see you there. Goldengatetrailclassic.com. All right. Yeah. So now that we have successfully used 30 minutes of your time, let's get to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good. Uh, yeah, so we won't make a super long episode today. Honestly, we cannot. I have to go do a billion other things. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this is this is meaningful. Um, and, and I'll just set it up really quickly again. I, like I, for I've done this for twelve years now. I was I was vegetarian for two, then I was vegan for, been vegan now for ten years, which I somehow missed my whole ten year vegan anniversary. Just forgot all about it. But anyway, it's been ten years. Uh, and and this is this for me had incredible results. Like when I when I went vegetarian, it was I was trying to qualify for the Boston Marathon. It really wasn't a performance decision. I was it was an ethical decision, and I thought it might make things go worse. And that's why I started the blog because I couldn't find any information about it. So I started Nomad Athlete. I figured I would just document what I was doing and just might might be curious. I might learn something. People might learn something. Who knows? Um, and then this, the big surprise for me was that it worked so well, and I qualified for Boston six months later. Uh, I've never really known, you know, why, like, what was it? It was, was I just automatically faster? No, it wasn't that. Uh, I, I dropped some weight and that helped me. But, uh, really what I think it was is that I, I was training really hard and a lot of runners understand this. I think that like when you're, when you're training well and things are going great, that's often when the injury is just around the corner because it's, it's very easy to over, at least for me anyway, to uh, overtrain because you get all excited and you think you're just nailing these workouts and it's good, but you don't realize that you're actually hurting yourself. So that was kind of the story of my running life up until this point. But once I went vegetarian all summer long training, that did not happen. And I was training way harder than ever, um, just really pushing the boundary of what I could do. And and I didn't get injured. And it just happened. I got did ran the race, qualified by one minute, uh, and it was awesome. So then I got into ultra running, went vegan uh, in the process because I was learning all about veganism and Scott Jurek and Brendan Brazier and these people. And I was realizing that they were choosing the diet for what it could do for them. Um, and so I ran 350 milers. And then by the time I ran my hundred miler, and I think, I think the last one or two fifties, I was completely vegan. Uh, and like, you know, I don't, I don't know that the diet was responsible for this, but I just know that I, I didn't have any injury issues or, or very few injury issues. When prior to that, if I had ever tried to run two marathons within like three months of each other, I, I just thought that was uh, insane and unheard of that you that you could do that i just thought it wouldn't work because i had tried it and i had gotten injured um but when i trained for my 100 as most people you know do when they train for 100 i had to run a 50 miler and a 50k in i don't know the 12 or 8 weeks leading up to it and that that was an unthinkable you know amount of mileage for me and, and i i never have tried to say like that's the only that it only be, we can only credit my diet for that right lots of things but but I, it was just part of the experience was this all happened as the diet went more and more plant-based. And it's always been something that's, in my head, something that I can attribute to that. So that's why I've always felt like for endurance sports, absolutely this makes sense. But I just have always 
in the back of my head wondered, like, is it is it really possible that this is truly better for an NFL player or an NBA player uh, or an Olympic powerlifter? It, it just seems like, you know, it has always seemed like, well, you must need you must need animal protein for that. For and this is, comes from this bias that we all have from from how most of us were raised. Mm-hmm. So, you know, despite doing this for so long, I still had those questions. Now I feel like having done all these interviews, having read this book so many times and and been part of writing the book uh i just have a little bit better grasp on this whole conversation because and like i I haven't really known like during all these years has my mission been to tell people convince people that a plant-based diet is better and that that's the best possible choice you can make for sports um obviously i think it's the best choice for a lot of things i think for longevity just pure longevity not not necessarily longevity sports career that's a different topic but but for how long you will live how many healthy years you will have uh, what you do for the planet, what you do for animals. For all those reasons, I think a plant-based diet is a really great choice. But is it? does it make athletes better at their sport? Is it? Is it the best diet you can eat for performance? That's the question that I you know, didn't know. And if you listen to the Rich Roll podcast, you heard me say on there that uh, I guess I was kind of glad that I think Rich said that he pointed out that we didn't overstate the case. And we were careful not to. We did not say in this book, like we, did, we, just, we didn't like repeat plant-based diet is the best possible choice you can make for performance. We were careful not to say that. We wanted to, to say that it's a really good choice, and we have examples of 60 athletes who choose it uh, either for ethical reasons or for their performance, but they're at the very top of their games, and they're making it work. So we have at least that many examples of people who are really, really great at their sport who eat this diet. So it's kind of from that, That's not. this is not a scientific study to, to say we have 60 people who are great at their sports. Um, but that to me, that's beginning to be a large amount of of anecdotal evidence at least that says it looks like you can be a pretty good athlete with a plant-based diet because we're talking about olympic gold medalists people in professional sports leagues in the in the you know popular mainstream sports who who are doing it and they say they do it for for performance reasons so you know that to me is is pretty convincing and we're getting there um but i still just don't ever i don't feel comfortable saying you're going to get better at your sport if you if you can successfully transition to a plant-based diet. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I think when you're having this conversation, and I I did think you did well with this on the interviews that I listened to, um the important thing is is not to say like or is to highlight the benefits, right? There are clear scientifically proven benefits to eating a plant-based diet on things like inflammation and uh, and and issues that that impact performance and impact athletes, right? So, um, in those ways, you're you're getting an advantage. There are probably maybe some slight disadvantage. I mean, you know, I mean, making sure that you're able to put on mass and enough weight and that kind of thing for power sports um, mm-hmm. that you might have to work a little bit harder at. So, there's like certain things that are better, and maybe certain things that are a little bit more of a challenge. But the yep. I think the the important thing is that to point out is that it's clear that you can do it and that a lot of people are doing it and that a lot of people are getting better because of it um, or performing better because of it for whatever reason. So whether or not that's you, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe not, but uh, it's clear that you can do it and people are seeing better results because of it. And so the way I want to do this episode, I realized I just said a sentence that someone could pull out and soundbite and it's me saying, will a plant-based diet make you better for sports? No, not necessarily. Right. (laughs) But, but that's not really my, that's not my conclusion here. My my point here is to like I want to start this at the at the kind of I guess the the most broad sort of easy to accept conclusion we can and that is that 
there are a lot of athletes who make this work at the highest level of sports and maybe even choose this choose or so and who choose this because it, they think it helps them better than any other diet so like that's that's a very broad statement very easy to agree with that because we we have we have the evidence of that um i mean i would is, even say that sorry sorry to interrupt but uh you know a lot of the a lot of i mean obviously a lot of people come in to the vegan diet for a, a, a wide range of issues but a lot of athletes who are who are who are on a plant-based diet you know at the top performance level uh they might be they're probably doing it because of performance advantages and not you know, right. for ethics or right. the environment or something like that. Because this is their life. This yeah, is their career. If your livelihood, and, and not just your livelihood, but but perhaps generations beyond you of your family, if that all depends on you performing, you know, among the very, very best in the world, then, mm-hmm. you know, it's unlikely that ethical considerations are going to motivate or environmental considerations are going to motivate you to change your diet because mm-hmm. your diet has such a big impact on your performance. So you're going to pick the diet that is the best. So that's a really good point. Um, and, and so anyone at the top of their game is likely at least partially motivated by, by performance. So I think, so we can conclude that, but I, I actually will go further and I think successfully further in, in different little steps here. Um, really than I've gone before, because I think I've, I've learned enough and I have more confidence than I did just given the science and, and what I understand about it now. So everyone asks things like, and this, I've answered this question for 12 years. People say like, but what is it about the diet that, that might do this? And I don't really like talking about this part i don't like trying to convince people that that this is better um because of you know the the theory based on what it what it does in your body like to me that is that's speculation uh and this is this is when you ask about what the best diet is i have the same problem i don't like saying well a plant-based diet is rich in multivitamins it's rich in uh micronutrition <laughs> not multivitamins i'm getting tired uh, a plant-based diet <laughs> is rich in micronutrient content uh very nutrient dense not calorically dense uh, high anti-inflammatory, uh, antioxidant, you know, like we can say all those things. I don't like those as the, the way to convince someone that a plant-based diet is the healthiest because you can find any diet you want. You can start listing things that are, that sound like they're pretty good things to have in that diet. Mm-hmm. What I like mm-hmm. is to look at empirical studies that say, how do people who actually eat this diet, uh, you know, how, how do they actually do and, and how long do they live and how many healthy years do they have? And can we look at a whole class of studies that have studied the same sort of things and can we draw conclusions from that? So to me, that's way better than what is essentially theory. Uh, I'd just rather see the results of what happens when you do that. You know, you got to control for things. That type of, those type of studies have their own issues, but I, I tend to think that's better. But anyway, but the answer to this question, um, for years I've been saying, and, and pretty much everyone has, like a plant-based diet helps you recover faster. That's, that's what anyone, any athlete you talk to who picks this for performance reasons, they will say it helps them can recover faster. You know, there's no recovery like, like you get on a plant-based diet, uh, and that's why they do it. Matt Danzig, I think, said this in, back in Forks Over Knives. Brendan Brazier, when he was choosing a diet because he wanted to become a pro triathlete back in high school, uh, he tried a bunch. He found that this one allowed him to recover the fastest. Of course, we're not talking about vegan junk food diet. We're talking about you know v- very high emphasis on whole foods, fresh foods, some raw foods, uh, but all plant-based. So if if it's true that you recover faster, if a lot of people believe you recover faster based on, from this diet, um, then why is that? What is the mechanism? I mentioned the antioxidants. That's that's a big one. Or sorry, I mentioned anti-inflammatory. That's, that's the big one. Um, because many plant-based foods, especially the kinds I just mentioned, are are very high in anti-inflammatory compounds, and they and they have an anti-inflammatory effect in the body. Um, so that's one. But and there's also the nutrient density. That's that's important. That's one that is you know, uh, I guess scientifically 
demonstrable. Is that a word, Doug? I don't know. <laughs> Verifiable. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, so there's that. But but Dr. Neil Bernard, everyone knows him from PCRM, he has a paper out mm-hmm. where he actually suggests a bunch of things. Uh, and again, this is still sort of just the theory, so this doesn't hold that much weight for me. But he suggests those exact things. He talks about the antioxidants being rich, or that plant-based foods are rich in antioxidants, which helps to reduce oxidative stress, and that clearly ties in with recovery. Uh, and then he also mentions, uh, you know, blood flow. He mentions blood viscosity gets reduced by, from from whole plant foods. Arterial flexibility and endothelial function get improved, and as a result, you might have improved vascular flow and tissue oxygenation. So, you know, taking it a little bit further there, um, and then then you've got you know the the kind of more obvious stuff that like a plant based diet has been shown to reduce body fat, uh, leading to a leaner body composition. And uh, he mentions plant-based foods typically high in carbohydrates. Typically, it's a high-carb diet if you're plant-based. And for most athletes, most athletic performance philosophies, um, you know, that's going to be helpful um, and because it fosters effective glycogen storage. So these, a lot of these words are, are from the abstract in Neil Bernard's paper. Um, but so, like, that's, that's the mechanism. And if, there's, if anyone asks you why, look up Neil Bernard's paper. It's called Plant-Based Diets for Cardiovascular Safety and Performance in Endurance Sports. So check that out. Um, but like I said, for me, there is more interest in the, in the empirical studies. Um, first, though, before I get into those, I want to tell you, like, so as I mentioned, there's a lot of plant-based powerlifters in this book. Um, mm-hmm. There are Olympians, and we, we knew that, um, U.S. Olympians who, who choose. You know, and to me, like, that's interesting, right? I mean, a powerlifter is someone who – powerlifter is not looking to be massive like a bodybuilder often is. Uh, they're looking for a strength to weight ratio. So this is not quite the same as as um, trying to bulk up. And this is not answering the question of does a plant-based diet help you bulk up um, compared to an omnivorous diet. But it is answering, the, for me, at least partially answering the question of, uh, you know, is, is plant-based diet a, a valid or, or a reasonable choice for someone who wants to be a top power lifter, meaning you're very strong, uh, but if you can keep your weight down, that's a good thing because then you have, in your weight class, uh, you know, you'll be you'll be stronger. So... Uh, there's a guy named Nick Squires, who uh, Robert may have mentioned him when he was on No Meat Athlete Radio with us, um, but he's a powerlifter, and he has the California title um, in his weight class, has won several titles, I believe, uh, and he's also set several records in California for deadlifting. So like the, in his weight class, the, the best deadlifter in California uh, eats a plant-based diet. And he, by the way, eats a lot of like Beyond Meat and even things like Ben and Jerry's vegan ice cream. So not even not even the healthiest of plant-based foods, but they work for him. Um, so anyway, so like stories like that. Uh, and then Sonia Looney, this is, she's an endurance athlete, but but her, she's a world-class mountain biker, 24-hour ultra-distance mountain biking champion. Uh, for some reason, her story also just really resonated with me. I don't know what it is about mountain biking, but I, I guess I think of that as being such a, um, I don't know, I guess I think of endurance running as being more of a, of a, I don't know, a slog and like who can kind of suffer the most. And I suppose mountain biking is that, but I also think of the strength that requires that, that, you know, steep climbs in mountains require, um, you know, several minutes in a row of just, of just pedaling as hard as you can. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure I sound like a non-biker here because I am, but, <laughs> but for some reason, her story, I was like, man, like that, it's just so neat that a plant-based diet can, can power a world champion in a sport like that. So, um, that one also resonated with me a lot. Uh, and by the way, I was on Sonia's podcast, and I will that episode will be out kind of soon. Um, but that segues a little bit into two other studies that I think are interesting. 
So there's a study published in the European Journal of Clinical Nutrition, and the title of it is, Is a Vegan Diet Detrimental to Endurance and Muscle Strength? Which is a nice nice title, right? <laughs> just uh, <laughs> assuming that maybe yeah. it is, and now we're just, at least we're going to question that. Um, <laughs> and so what they did, and I'm just reading from the study here, they studied 56 healthy, young, lean, physically active women, uh, and they classified them either as vegan or omnivore based on their eating habits. And then they for, for two years, they had to have been following this diet and then they took measurements uh on all type of different different things uh body composition maximal oxygen consumption which is vo2 max uh submaximal endurance test muscle strength and dietary factors so they did all this conclusion of the study um i'm just gonna read one sentence in fact our study showed that submaximal endurance might be better in vegans compared with omnivores uh and in addition the vegan diet does not seem to be detrimental to endurance and muscle strength in healthy young lean women Therefore, these findings contradict the popular belief of the general population. So the idea is there is that what they what they found is that the vegans did at least as well, and in particular, this uh, the submaximal endurance. They actually got uh, what looks like it could be actually better results. So in that one, and, and but like these are these are I'm I'm picking these because there there's not that many to pick from. I mean, honestly, this is a this kind of stuff is just starting to happen that this mm-hmm. stuff is being studied. Um, so we don't have that much. And then there's one more study, and this one's this is recent and cool because it's not just about endurance. It's actually about strength. Uh, and it is the title of this high-protein plant-based diet versus a protein-matched omnivorous diet to support resistance training adaptations. And what they did here uh, was they took 19 men uh, who were habitual vegans, 19 men who were omnivores. They did a 12-week, twice-weekly supervised resistance training program. So they're having people do a resistance pre- training program uh, people who who you know had been vegans before this and continue to be vegans, and people who had been omnivores before this and continued to be omnivores. The vegans took the took a vegan protein powder during their um, this this twelve week period. The omnivores took, uh, I believe, it was whey protein powder during this period. Yeah. Um, and what happened? The conclusion: a high protein, uh, exclusively plant based diet is not different than a protein-matched mixed diet in supporting muscle strength and mass accrual, suggesting that protein source does not affect resistance training-induced adaptations in untrained young men consuming adequate amounts of protein. So, you know, that's not the same as saying, you know, someone who's been lifting for years, what's now the results of their diets? But it's saying mm-hmm. people who are untrained, who have not been lifting, they do a 12-week resistance training program, some are eating some are vegan diets and vegan protein source, in this case it was a soy protein isolate, uh, and the others are are eating omnivorous, you know, whole foods plus whey protein supplement. Um, and these are people who have been vegan for not just the twelve weeks, right? Yeah, yeah, they were habitual vegans and then mm-hmm. habitual omnivores who are doing the study. Um, so, so they're coming in with their protein deficient state, you know. <laughs> yeah, <just> right, <laughs> right. So anyway, so this is this is kind of a big deal, right? I guess you know the the popular idea would be that that of course in twelve whole weeks of supplementing with with whey protein and being an omnivore. Um, versus supplementing with vegan protein and being vegan, uh, I guess you know the, the common thought would be that of course the omnivores would get bigger uh, and stronger, but but that's that's not what the study concluded. So, you know, like I said, this is not this is not convincing anyone that a plant based diet is better for sports, but at least we have the science showing that it's not worse, and, and that will yeah, that's I think that's like that's where I want to go with it. The part about like is it actually better to me? We don't yet know if it's better. We will know if it's better when we see that industry, which is the professional sports world, 
when it, when it becomes a standard practice there. Because like you said, Doug, when there's this much money involved, people are going to be doing the diet that that is makes them the most money, basically, right? That makes them the best <laughs> of their sport. Mm-hmm. Um, so until until this is the like the this diet of choice for those sports, we can't say that. And I think it's kind of irresponsible to say like this is this is absolutely better than any other diet. Uh, what all this is telling me is that it is completely a viable choice and it has all these other great benefits that we've talked about plenty of times, including your long-term health, because there are trade-offs between performance and longevity. In like, if, if you're trying to be a, a top world-class athlete perform like you have to do things, even a non-world-class athlete, just an ultra runner. I mean, you've got to do things that, that most people would, would acknowledge are not the, the most healthy behavior you can do for the long-term. The amount of miles an ultra runner runs, uh, the intensity of training, especially if you're trying to, you know, be a, a winner, a world-class, uh, you know, you, you go past the point of like what's optimal for health and you and you probably start uh, doing things that are not great for your health just with the sheer amount of like calories you're forcing your body to go through, the amount of salt you might be taking in, lots and lots of different things. Um, but my sense is that a plant-based diet, because it has such positive effects on longevity uh, and health span, that if, if, you can, if you can do these kind of crazy things in sport with a plant-based diet, I think you're at least minimizing the downside that comes later on. Uh, so, so that's lots of other reasons, but, but what I think is a really great one, and Rich Roll brought this one up, is that this diet seems to be kind of a, a career saver for people who are sort of in the twilight of their mm-hmm. career or are on the mm-hmm. way out. Um, Chris Paul was a great example. I'm not an NBA fan, so I'm not really like well-versed in this stuff, but I've heard Robert talk about it so many times that I kind of, kind of get it. Um, he, you know, he said like when he went plant-based when he was, he was starting to fade. He, he was not, didn't make, wasn't an all-star for several years in a row. Uh, went plant-based and by the way this year got some MVP votes so he's he's kind of completely bounced back um, but he basically said when Robert talked to him that like before he went plant-based he just thought you had to be sore the next day he thought being you know waking up completely sore uh, I believe he mentioned his knees that that was just a fact of life that was part of being a professional athlete part of being an NBA player uh, and he said he had no idea you know until he went plant-based that it didn't have to be that way mm. uh, so you know that's his opinion, but uh, but that that or his experience, I should say. Um, but you know, it's hard to argue that his career has has come back. You've got people like Serena Williams had this autoimmune disorder that apparently she couldn't even hold her racket because the inflammation was so bad. Um, so she went plant based. After that, she won Wimbledon. She won a gold medal. Serena Williams, her sister, also went mostly plant based. Apparently, she might be even fully plant based now, but she's she's not as as committed, I guess, as as Venus is to being 100% plant based. Um, and so this this kind of longevity of career story, I think that is one that we will probably see first. And to me, that seems like one that could pretty easily be studied. Like who's better at their sport? Uh, even when you're not talking about diets, that's that's a topic that's constantly argued about on talk radio. Uh, who's who's the best? Right? It's like to measure how good these pros are at their sport is difficult. But longevity of career, first of all, that is usually a measure of goodness. It's one measure of goodness at the sport. Yeah. Um, but but it's also a measure of something valuable for its own sake. How long can they perform at high enough level that they can be a professional athlete? Uh, and I think that's that's going. I mean that is pretty easy to measure, and we can we'll be able to do that looking at what years were they vegan and how or, or athletes who were vegan at all or for all their career. Um, we will be. I think studies. It will not be long before we start seeing data on that, and I suspect that that will be the first place that we can sort of definitively say, yes, for this specific purpose, a plant-based diet is better for longevity of career. Uh, I may be wrong. Maybe it's, you know, I've heard people argue before things like, you know, Carl Lewis apparently won 
a bunch of medals or, or some of his best performances in the 90s were the year he was vegan. And I've heard the criticism like, but what about the year after that? Because that's when apparently I think he dropped off. And people say, well, that's that's demonstrative of uh, that a vegan diet is maybe good for energy and helpful, but it's not a sustainable thing for uh you know, for a, for a top-level athlete. So who knows? I mean, I guess it's possible that that, that trend would also emerge, but um, I would bet that, that that's not the case. I would bet that, that a plant-based diet uh, before long is going to be attributed to to uh, uh, lengthening careers at, at very high-level sports. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's, that's kind of what I've got, at least as far as that topic goes. And we can talk about another topic or two. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I just I feel like that has I don't know I feel like I have a a, a much broader perspective about that. I'd like to actually write an article because th- this is the first time that I've really talked about this and like put it all together myself without Robert here kind of you know cueing me and himself giving his own anecdotes. Um, so certainly you know I, I'd like to make this argument a little more clear in my own head, uh, and I'll write a blog post article about it, and that's what we often do with things. Uh, but yeah, but I ha- I feel like I have a better understanding. I have a tremendous amount of more confidence and just just a better uh, more clarity about kind of how a plant-based athlete benefits af- sorry a plant-based diet benefits athletes and uh to me I, I think it's a i think it's a positive sort of change in, in, at least my my view has has gotten more positive as far as just how good a plant-based diet is for athletes well you know i think the takeaway for me is that i know that the plant-based diet makes me feel good and i i, I you know i like it for the environmental reasons i like it for the animal reasons i like it for so many reasons, uh, and then I know that it makes me feel good, and that I that I feel great every day, and I and I have been performing well and and performing injury free for a number of years now. Um, but at the same time, you know, for many years, pretty much as long as I've been vegan, I've wondered, you know, how it would be if I'd be faster, if I'd be stronger, or whatever, uh, if I wasn't plant based. You know, that that wonder and that fear never. Um, it never was strong enough to make me ever question whether to to be plant based or not. Uh, but you know, but it was always kind of there in the back of my mind. And I think that as these studies come out, you know, as someone who's not an elite level performer, as someone who's just a an everyday runner or a you know a, an ultra runner, um, it just makes me feel a little bit more confident, a little bit better in the diet. They know that like I know that I'm feeling good, and now there's science to say that I'm not at any disadvantage. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I actually thought that you were going to mention the, just the number of stories in the book. And I don't think you read the book cover to cover yet, which is totally fine. It just came out. <laughs> but but to me, like, as much as anecdotal evidence is not scientific evidence, uh, mm-hmm. we don't have scientific evidence yet. Uh, you know, long-term studies of, of, or I should say large-scale studies of what happens when athletes are plant-based. Uh, but... It, you know, you read enough of these stories of people who win Olympic medals. I mean, like, get to the Olympics is one thing. Win medals, one of the top three in the world in their particular mm-hmm. sport or class of sport. Uh, I don't know. You just, you read enough of them, you know, hear about enough people who win 100-mile races or 135-mile races in the case of Badwater. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I have I have heard enough that I'm at the point where, like, I don't know. It's it just, it just like some sort of flip has kind of, switch has sort of flipped in my head. Where it's like, I don't know. I just I just have this belief in it, and I realize it's not it's not quite the same as saying, well, well what percentage of those people among all athletes compared to percentage of people among or of vegans among the whole general population? Like we could you could do that analysis for sure, and that would be more uh, waterproof, I suppose. But mm-hmm. uh, 
but yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I've read enough at this point that it's like, I, I would say those, those doubts have, have essentially melted away as far as, you know, is this diet holding me back? And especially as I get older, and this is what I was like, kind of my point, like I, I definitely don't feel that way now. Like when I think about my fitness level, to me, all I think about is the advantage that plant-based offers, um, mm-hmm. as I get older, I think mm-hmm. I just, I just, I don't know. I just view it as, as this thing that, uh, is is going to be a, a huge ally as I as I get older and older. Uh, and getting you're getting old. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I know, really, I know. Uh, but no, I do. I do. I feel like I'm at an age where a lot of peers, I see them slowing down, uh, getting bigger, and again, none of that is scientific saying because that, that's people. That's habits and all different things that aren't just your diet. But um, it's just it's just part of this whole story, and it, and for me, kind of makes me feel uh, you know, extremely confident in, in what this diet. Uh, has done and will continue to do for me yeah. personally. So, I love it. So I, I don't know that we need to go into too many other questions. Uh, we're already over an hour here, and that's kind of our typically what we aim to max out at. Um, but I do want to ask, you know, especially in those twenty-two interviews you did yesterday, or other ones you've done with people maybe outside of the plant-based world, uh, have there been any questions that have surprised you, and then you maybe even like stumped you a little bit? <laughs> Um, so of course we got the protein question over and over, probably every single interview protein mm-hmm. got brought up. Um, that didn't surprise me. What surprised me was kind of how our answer evolved at first. Robert and I were doing the typical thing of, uh, you know, trying to convince people you don't need nearly as much as, as you think. And the plant-based foods have plenty of it. Mm-hmm. We were doing that for a while. And then one day I said to Robert, I think I said, people have been asking this question forever and they're still asking it. So obviously our answer is not adequate for whatever reason, right? Cause <laughs> it's just, it's just not going away. Uh, and so what will it take to make people stop asking that question? And I, I actually think it might be as simple now as saying, we'll just swap the meat for, for a plant-based meat. Like just, just get a beyond burger instead of a burger. It's the same amount of protein. <laughs> right? it's, it's this worst answer because that's not how I want people to eat. And that's not what a, that's not what uh-huh. is so good about a plant-based diet. Uh-huh. But now we can just point to something and they say, where do you get your protein? We could say, well, if you want, you can get it from that. And it's the same basic eating experience for you. Right. And it has the same amount of protein. So I, well, I, I don't know. I, I think, I mean, I, that's, that's overly simplistic. I think that's the answer people want, though, is like they want to know what are the foods that will give them the protein that will help them keep getting the same amount of protein they've always been getting and believing they should get. Uh-huh. So, so we kind of said that for a few interviews. Then Robert suggested that uh, that maybe it was irresponsible of us to say that because if our mission is really to get people to eat healthy, whole plant based foods and see the value in those, uh, then maybe maybe that's not the the most helpful answer we can give. Uh, and I don't really know if it is because I and this this goes back to the role of of these meat substitutes in general. Um, you know, even that even if that's not the whole story or the real story. If that's what makes people kind of willing to try this, not not just willing to taste it, but also willing to consider that a plant-based diet might have enough protein for them, uh, then that's serving a role, and that's going that will bring a lot of them into this diet. And if they can then transition to more whole foods, then then that's that's what we want. Well, you know, I wonder. This is kind of a larger larger discussion, but. Um... You know, I wonder if you start with that. Like you start, you know, where do you get your protein? Well, you just swap it out and, and you have the exact same amount, but mm-hmm. you don't really need that much protein and there's a lot of right. natural ways to get it. Right. But, you know, but, but the first thing can be, you know, if you're worried about it, just swap it out. Yeah. 
Exactly. And I think that's slightly more appealing to people than, maybe not, but but you we could also now for a few years have been saying, we'll just add some protein powder to your diet. Like just, just take plant-based protein. Uh, but I guess people still have the hang up that they probably think they can't get enough protein that way, or that it's going to be lower quality than, mm-hmm. than the, which is a, which is another thing is is the is the is the plant protein the same quality as the animal protein, mm-hmm. um, and that's a whole other discussion. But but anyway, <laughs> don't want to get into that now. Um, yeah. Other questions. Let's see. Often came up the, and this was more yesterday actually, uh, because it was mainstream, and it was the. But don't you have to supplement a plant based diet with stuff like? Mm. Like, the, it, how can you call it natural? Or how can it be natural? How can it be good for us if it, if it requires supplements? And, of course, the answer to that, to me, is, again, go to the empirical evidence. If a, if a plant-based diet plus B12, uh, not even thinking about other supplements, you can, you can add those if you want, but just plant-based diet plus B12, if that is, is shown to be the best diet we can have for longevity and health span, then does it matter if... if if in theory that diet's not as natural as the one that has small amounts of meat for the B12, because mm-hmm. uh, I would agree with that. Like the if you look at the blue zones, um, typically diet there they're eating very heavily plant based diets. Only one of them is fully plant based though, so they they heavy plant based diets, a lot of beans and all of them, um, and a little bit of meat. Some of those places it's like every two weeks there's some kind of celebration and they eat a bunch of pork that day, and that's kind of most of the meat they eat. Uh, some of them is more like a daily thing, but it's but it's very very small amounts. So maybe that's the quote unquote most natural way to eat. And the blue zones are are good, right? So clearly that's not an unhealthy thing. But if the evidence is is demonstrating and showing that that it is better to be plant based than that, to be 100% plant based and take a B12 supplement, like if there really is no limit to the benefit, is is there no point at which plants stop being beneficial in your diet, right? 95%, 96%, up to 99 or 100%. If the science is saying that there appears to be no point at which they stop being beneficial, as long as you're taking a B12 supplement, then I would rather choose that one than than this supposedly more natural version that has small amounts of meat in it, but doesn't mm-hmm. have me live as long. Now, that you know, my interpretation of the, of the evidence is what I just said: that it appears that the more pets you eat, the healthier you are. Certainly, there you know that's there's room for interpretation there, and some people will will find fault with those studies and say that you know we should just look at those blue zones and that's that's our best thing. So. Anyway, the, the, that's kind of the long answer that I've given for a long time is this. I don't care if it's natural. I care about what the empirical evidence says. And, and my understanding of the empirical evidence is that plant-based, 100% plant-based is the best choice. Uh, and you're probably not, not you, but uh, the questioner, the asker, is almost certainly not eating the most natural diet, right? That, that's a really good point, yeah. I mean, you know, may, like you can, you can say that our, natu- our diet isn't natural, your diet is, is equally as unnatural, if not more so. <laughs> you know, I mean, if we're t- <laughs> for most like, people asking the question, yes, that is that yeah. is completely uh-huh. true, right. It's a very rare person who's eating the blue zones diet in in for, you know in any one of those blue zones. Um, right. Even in those blue zones now, it's rare. But but especially someone on the radio asking me that question, it's very unlikely that they are eating mm-hmm. <laughs> a, a pure blue zones diet. Um, but anyway, one of the things that changed though that I that I kind of realized is interesting is that. I was, and I only in the past couple of interviews did we start saying this or start acknowledging this, but like I used to take a multivitamin and now I only take compliment and this is not an ad for compliment, but now <laughs> but I take something. Go to lovecompliment.com. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but so like I went vegan and then I made something, made up a new supplement that has, is kind of like a multivitamin like I was taking before, but has fewer things in it. Mm-hmm. So like, 
I don't know. Granted, I wasn't eating the perfect diet before I was vegan, the perfect omnivorous, perfect version of an omnivorous diet. But, you know, to me, I think that, that, that is significant to me that like, I used to think I had to take a multivitamin. Now I think I only need this couple Mm -hmm. nutrients. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that, that it's, you know, it can be, you can frame it that way, or you can frame it as well. Vegan has to have this or else it's deficient. Mm -hmm. So, you know, different ways of looking at it, but, but I thought that was interesting that, 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 uh, I don't know, just that sort of development in our heads. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so that's probably enough. I'm sure we could we could think of some more, and I'll, I'll be writing some blog posts in the coming weeks that are about different things that I've thought of during this period. Uh, but yeah, I guess that's about it. Cool. Well, if you purchase the book, I'll let you do the whole pitch, but I'll, I'll jump in and I'll get started. <laughs> if you purchase the book, uh, send us the receipt at book at nomadeathlete.com, and then you'll unlock all of the bonuses that uh, everyone has been getting, plus um, enter to win in a bunch of sweepstakes yep. and uh, giveaways. But special, don't forget, special giveaway just for podcast listeners. We're not going to talk about it anywhere else. Go to nomadeathlete.com slash podcast dash book dash contest enter mm-hmm. your information there and you might have a chance to have dinner virtually or in person if you happen to be in north carolina area with me matt frazier and robert cheek yes very well said doug and concisely said uh the only thing that i will add is that the book is called the plant-based athlete it's by <laughs> me matt frazier and robert cheek uh you can get it online of course you can get it in all barnes and noble stores you can get it uh in a whole lot of independent bookstores, but you probably should call ahead because it's not in every single one of those. Um, which is interesting because it's actually more stocked in Barnes and Noble than it ever has been with any of my previous books. Hmm. Uh, but you know, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't in all the independents before either the ones. But anyway, I feel like I always need to say it'll be in all Barnes and Noble, but it won't be in necessarily all independents. But just check and and support them if you want to. What about uh, Books a Million? Books a Million, yes, they are. I don't know if it's all, but I know they're one of the big ones that uh, that we that we have to link to. We have to link to all of them. Uh, so anyway, that's that. Um, yeah, like I said, this is super important. Uh, I think I think this book has a real opportunity to to spread the ideas like we've been talking about in this in this podcast, uh, just to kind of to kind of get those out to a whole lot more people to to make a lot of people view this diet as uh, either a viable alternative to others or perhaps something that offers um, different kinds of advantages to their performance, their longevity of of you know healthy years longevity of athletic careers uh who knows what but uh it's yeah it's got practical stuff meal plans it's got recipes from all the athletes days in the life of uh, sorry recipes from many of the athletes uh 60 of them in all days in the life from 25 different athletes exactly what they eat all day and and what they do for workouts uh so anyway very practical a lot of nutrition stuff um and i hope you will check it out so one more time book.nomeathlete.com or just about anywhere books are sold and of course, this is still North America. We don't have deals yet for the for the European countries or Australia or any of that. I'm sure that's all coming, but uh, you know this this deal right now is just North America. All right, congratulations, Matt. You did it. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Thank you, Doug. I love that. Now I love that song. I'm gonna actually put that on my Alexa. Yeah. Every time you do a little interview, you're like, you yeah. did it. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I imagine people can tell that I'm tired, and I, I thank you for bearing with me um, while I try to talk through a, a fairly in-depth subject. Uh, being tired, but uh, but yeah. Uh, hopefully by next next episode, I will be back to my normal self, refreshed. After this Saturday, our big deadline, I will be taking some days, uh, not off, but but just 
you know, chill out. Go to a baseball game on Father's Day, hopefully on Sunday, minor leagues, and just get my chill on for a little bit. Excellent. Glad to hear. All right. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.